Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. Alright Joe, we got a really great locker room talk that's Mike Leach inspired that we're about to get into. Um, you know, last week, Mike Leach, we mentioned this a little bit with uh, Singray and Heath earlier, had this great quote, as he does about a lot of things. This one in relation to uh, the change in schedule you see with COVID, uh, reacting a lot to what Cal had to do when they had their schedule change about 36 hours beforehand. And the way that Mike Leach described it was an unmitigated, torturous nuisance to have the game canceled and changed around right beforehand and rescheduled. And I just thought that was such a great Mike Leachism. But what really stuck out in my mind is I thought that that basically described what the football season has been for the Mississippi State faithful this year. An unmitigated, torturous nuisance. They got they got this great feeling where they beat LSU, beat the national, the defending national champions. Things like they were maybe going to have a really revolutionary season under Mike Leach. And since then, they've maybe been the worst offense in the SEC and has been just an absolutely atrocious football team. So I thought that Mike Leach's turn when he was describing the change in uh, schedule as an unmitigated, torturous nuisance was actually much more uh, relevant to his own football program. And so with that being said, we're going to do a locker room talk where we come up with three words to describe the state of each SEC football program. As always, our locker room talk are brought to you by our fine sponsors, uh, Beach Ball Properties. Uh, right now, the weather is a little bit cold down here, but it's still really pretty. And I think it's warming up this weekend a little bit. If you want a little bit of a late fall getaway at Orange Beach or Gulf Shores, Give Hunter and Ginger a call at Beach Ball Properties and go have a ball at the beach. Also, shout out to Jensen Computer Technologies. Uh, contact Ryan and Daryl Gale Jensen for all of your computer needs, whether it is residential or commercial. All right, Joe. So why don't you start us off with three words that describes an SEC program this year? Okay. I'll start off uh, fittingly with Ole Miss. Um, I thought of a lot of different adjectives and words to describe them, but I finally um, settled on the three words, entertaining roller coaster, because, you know, it's been just a roller coaster of emotions. Um, the defense is bad, but goodness, they're really entertaining to watch. That's a good one, Joe. I mean, there, there are no Ole Miss games that are boring. I haven't seen a single one this year that wasn't exciting. Even when they get beat pretty handily like they did by Florida, or when they lose to Alabama, I mean, they still score a lot of points. Uh, all three of their losses have been really exciting games. The game against Auburn was exciting. And then when they win, they put up a lot of points. And you see stuff like that Kentucky game that went into OT, or them beating South Carolina 59-42. to And what's more of an entertaining roller coaster than beating a team than having them fire their coach the week afterwards? Yeah, without a doubt. So... I like the lane train right now. It keeps me interested. Uh, Joe, since you started off with Ole Miss, why don't I tell, start off with Auburn for my three words to describe the Auburn football program right now. And Joe is tank tops bow. So I'm not talking about tank tops that you wear. I'm talking about tank Bigsby. Uh, you look at Auburn this season. They started off the season being a little bit more of a pass-friendly attack where they were figuring out who the running back was. And their offense struggled. Uh, they did okay against uh, Kentucky. And then 
you know, against South Carolina, of course, they threw the three interceptions against uh, Georgia, both threw a couple picks. And that was when they were trying to throw the ball way too much. And the reason I'm going with Tank Top's bow, when they discovered Tank Bigsby and he started running the ball and being a bell cow, this Auburn offense has really exploded. And I think that Bo Nix has played a lot better. I think that that's the way that you're going to have to win with Gus Malzahn's offense. And Tank Bigsby right now looks like a future uh, NFL player and maybe a future All-SEC guy. And so the way that Auburn wins is when Tank tops Bo. You focus more on Tank Bigsby, take a little bit of the pressure off of Bo Nix. I think that's a good one, and that's a good point, too. Um, the next one I have, um, I went with uh, Georgia, and I had quarterbackless, defensive, and vulnerable. You know, they, they don't really have a quarterback. They're kind of defensive-minded. But I feel like they're more vulnerable than Georgia teams have been in the last three or four years. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I mean, you look at them this year, they, they still have all the stars on defense. Uh, of course, now they're missing Richard LeCount, which is a, is a big loss, and we saw it against Florida. And, you know, without having that star quarterback, there are some offenses that can blitz you this year. Alabama's won, Florida's won. They both got taken out by both of those teams. Uh, Joe, I think that if this Georgia team played the Auburn team that I'm seeing right now, I think Auburn would have gotten the upper hand on them. And so they're a, they're a team that's interesting right now at the end of the year. Um, you still would think they probably will win the rest of their games, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of the last few teams that Georgia plays can maybe sneak up and get them. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me a bit. Especially with the, the less than stellar quarterback play of the law firm of Stetson Vincent the fourth and uh, DeJuan Mathis. Neither one that exciting. At this point, I'm really wondering if JT Daniels has an arm. If he has an arm that moves forward, I don't see how he's not the starting quarterback right now. Yeah, for me, that's one of the biggest uh, surprises in college football that he has not seen the field this year. Okay. Joe, the next one I have, since we were talking about uh, Georgia, why don't we go to the, their biggest rival in Florida? And, Joe, my three words to describe the Florida football program right now are Trask, Spurrier, Tebow. What did Spurrier and Tebow both do? They won a Heisman Trophy. Right now, Kyle Trask to me looks like the best quarterback in America, and I think he is deserving of holding up the stiff arm this year. I like Trask to be the third Florida quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy. He's got a really good chance. All right, uh, next, let's go from uh, relevance to kind of irrelevance. Um, Missouri. Uh, the three words I got for them are irrelevance, apathy, and also mispronunciation. The reason I say mispronunciation is I feel like um, their head coach, you know, Sam Pittman was the coach. I can't remember his name. Um, Drinkwich, like I sometimes forget how to pronounce his name. I feel like a lot of people just refer to him as the Missouri head football coach because his name is a little bit difficult at times. Joe, on that subject, is his name Elijah Drinkwich or Elijah? I feel like I get confused when I don't know which one it is. He's Elijah, but I don't know. It's just one of those names that it just doesn't – you know, come off the tongue that easily, and it's just kind of, it's hard to remember. And Joe, that, that's a good point with Irrelevant. Uh, they joined Mississippi State in the in the pantheon of teams to beat LSU, where it seemed like it was a big deal when it happened, and now it doesn't really matter. So, that about sums up the Missouri program right now. And Joe... Wait, you're right. You're right. It is a lie. I was mistaken. See? I've never heard of that name before. 
That's a weird name, right? A lot makes it even more hard to pronounce. I like the pun right there. Uh, Joe, the the three words that Mike Leach deserve, like, used to describe that situation I said related to Mississippi State. I also came up with another one for him, too, just for fun. And it goes back to a great Bill Murray movie, Lost in Translation. Uh, Mike Leach moved all the way from the West Coast of Pullman, Washington, and brought his air raid offense down to Starkville, Mississippi. And it worked great in the Pac-12, but it looks like right now that uh, when you have the big difference between the, the Pac-12 and the SEC, that that air raid offense just gets lost in translation a little bit. We talk a little bit different here in the South. Things happen a little bit different down here, and you can't have that kind of offense and have success. So, lost in translation, Mike Leach's offense with Starkville, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's one, you know, we kind of called in the offseason. We just didn't know how that was going to work out. And, you know, so far the early returns have kind of um, reflected our uh, skepticism. Um, the next one I had for me, the contrast skepticism, let's look at the Alabama football program. The three words I have for them are star power with all the players they had returning from last year's team, um, in, invincibility, and uh, also deception, because I feel like a lot of people didn't realize how talented Bama was coming into this season, largely because you know, we had the pandemic. People were really focusing on rosters in the offseason. We were just focusing on whether or not we had games. And then you looked at that roster, just like, wow, you know, they're returning their offensive line, and they're returning – um, running backs, receivers. It's just like one thing after another. Um, you know, you have Moses back at linebacker, and you have uh, the star-studded team that we have. Yeah, Jeremy, that, that's a great description of Alabama. I mean, they're just loaded from top to bottom. A lot more defensive talent this year with uh, Dylan Moses and Patrick Sertain. Uh, some really solid players on that side of the ball. And then, of course, I mean, what you're seeing with Mac Jones really selling the quarterback position. Najee Harris, top-rate running back. And then, of course, the receivers that just don't stop. Uh, Devontae Smith having a great season. Uh, sadly, we're missing out on Jalen Waddle when he was having what I think could have possibly been a Heisman invitation campaign. And then, of course, even when you lose him, then Slade Bolden comes in and suddenly he's really good. And, they just got great wide receivers across the board. And so, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of those descriptions for Alabama. Uh, Joe, you want to talk about greatness and invincibility. Let's go to the other side of the aisle. Let's look at Vanderbilt. Uh, my three words to describe Derek Mason's Vanderbilt program right now is heaping trash pile. It's awful. I mean, last week they almost came out and they had a little bit of a pulse against Kentucky, but they still didn't win the game. And, I mean, they got destroyed by LSU. Uh, they've gotten beat badly by everyone they play. And, you know, the only thing that I'm interested in with this game against Florida this week is does Florida score 70 points against them? I mean, does it get to that bad of a, of a kicking? Because, you know, Florida and Vanderbilt's kind of a weird rivalry where Florida always wins, but there was a long period where Vanderbilt would have these one-possession games with Florida, especially when Spurrier was there. And you feel like there might be a little bit of added motivation right now for Florida to keep the, the pedal to the metal and help out Kyle Trask's Heisman campaign. So I think that you're going to see a, a heaping trash pile that may turn into a dumpster fire this weekend with Florida beating up on Vanderbilt. Yep. Yep. Um, next one I have for me, we talk about a dumpster fire. With the coach in the hot seat, a coach that's already been fired. Let's look at the South Carolina program. Uh, I talk about frustration. 
you know, just what they've been dealing with, kind of the mediocrity, jealousy with Clemson doing so well in the state, and then also kind of inevitability. I think it was inevitable that Muschamp was going to be gone, and it was just uh, how soon it was going to happen, and it turned out to be uh, last Sunday. That's right, Joe. Uh, not to take a lot of credit myself, but I called Muschamp's firing for the season. It was definitely inevitable on that. And it's got to be frustrating to be a South Carolina fan right now. I mean, Dabo is winning an unprecedented level at Clemson. He's built an absolute machine. And unlike one thing that I have to hold my hat on as an Auburn fan, which is Nick Saban is pretty old. I feel like it can't be that much longer that we have to deal with us in Auburn. Unfortunately, if you're in South Carolina, you got a long time you have to deal with that because I think that guy's a lifer at Clemson. And before it's all said and done, he may be one of the greatest football coaches we've ever seen. Right, absolutely. All right, Joe. Um, speaking of great football programs, at least last season, uh, let's talk about the team that beat Clemson in the national championship game last year, LSU. Joe, what is the absolute best description in three words you can have for LSU? Flash in pan. They won the national championship last year. Things have just gone completely the other direction since the day they held that Crystal Trophy up. Dave Aranda left when he coached the, the, the Baylor Bears. Uh, of course, uh, Joe Brady left, now the offensive coordinator with the Panthers. And then all of their talent, Joe Burrow, Patrick Queen, uh, Justin Jefferson. You just go on and on, Clyde edwards Lair. And you thought that they had recruited to a high enough uh, level that you could see a drop-off, but it wouldn't be quite like this. And Joe, this hasn't been a drop-off. This has been like jumping off of Mount Everest, what we've seen this year with LSU football program. So, Joe, I hate to say it, their national championship last year was a flash in pan. And, you know, it almost feels like a lifetime ago just with everything that's happened, you know, in the world since that national championship. It feels like a lot longer than a year ago. That's right. Um, next one I have, Kentucky. Um, the words I, I chose to describe them, regression. I feel like they took a little bit of a step back this year. Um, versus the program that Stoops has been building with three and four starts of the season after starting out ranked. Uh, next, to have underwhelming, kind of for the same reason. And then finally, forgotten, because I think that, you know, their program is oftentimes forgotten on campus because everybody thinks about college basketball. That's true. I think they'll probably switch their clocks forward to January and the start of the college basketball season already and looking forward to what Coach Calswad is going to have coming up for us. Oh, for sure. Uh, Joe, the next one that I got, we talked about them a, a little bit today, and that's Tennessee. And, of course, uh, Tennessee had a lot of promise going into the season. Top 15 team. It won the last eight games of the season last or had an eight-game winning streak. A lot of people were starting to say, Pruitt, maybe he's a candidate for the Alabama job whenever it becomes open. This guy's a top-five coach, maybe, in all of college football. Well, Joe, based on what we've seen with their four losses in a row, soon to be five on Saturday, I think there's three words that really greatly describe what Jeremy Pruitt and the Tennessee program can do, and that's Pruitt can't do it. You're not going to see it this year. Uh, he's not the guy to bring Tennessee back out of the doldrums. They had a chance to hire Greg Schiano. They didn't do it for a stupid reason. Uh, they're, I don't know if they're going to get Hugh Freeze. That might happen. But the bottom line is, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt's the guy to get it done for Tennessee. They ain't going to do it this year. Pruitt just can't do it. I like that. Pruitt just can't do it. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, for me, my last one is Texas A&M. Um, I look at senior laden because they came into the year with a lot of seniors, a lot of upperclassmen on this roster, talented. I mean, they're very talented. It's just about whether or not they can capitalize. And then pressure. I think there's pressure to win in Texas A&M this season um, and capitalize off of um, the talent that they have. Yeah, Jay, that, that's good. I mean, they're a very talented team. They've done a pretty good job this year. The The sad thing is, you know, in my mind, I thought of, like, a good one you could have done for A&M, too, which is not enough time. Because I feel like with all their games getting canceled, they're not going to have enough time to make up for that loss they had against Alabama and get back in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And it's also a shame for them. You know, they're better than a lot of teams in some other conferences that, you know, are going to have better records, potentially. It's just, you know, they play in such a difficult division. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, um, you know, if A&M can go out and win the rest of their games and maybe if they beat Auburn pretty convincingly, we'll see what happens with, with them as a college football playoff contender. And, Joe, the last one that I have, Arkansas, I mean, there's so many superlatives you can have for what they've, what they've done this season with Sam Pittman, uh, you know, winning the, winning the great games they have, beating Ole Miss, uh, one of the game against Mississippi State when people still thought Mississippi State was good. Um, getting cheated out of a game against Auburn, they, they should have won. Um, and, Joe, you look at them, what sums up Arkansas football right now? Walk-on defense. That's the nickname that they have for their defense. Not a lot of big stars in there. Joe, when your best player is called Bumper Pool, his real name is actually Bumper Pool, that shows you the type of guys that you're bringing into Fayetteville. But you know what, Pittman – he gets these guys so motivated. Uh, you know, they love playing for him. He hits that jukebox. And even though you and I had no idea who he was when the season started, didn't have his own Wikipedia page, looks like he's going to win himself uh, SEC Coach of the Year this year. God, he's just been amazing how he's turned them around and just, you know, restored some belief into that program. And, Joe, uh, I think that he secures that SEC Coach of the Year award if he beats LSU this weekend, which, by the way, I like Arkansas in that game against LSU. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been on the record saying I think there's a good chance LSU loses out. All right, man. Well, that supports our flash and pan theory. I want to thank everybody for listening to our show tonight. Uh, we always love doing our locker room talks. And uh, listen to all of our episodes on Spotify. Catch us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts. If you want to see us live every Wednesday at 9 p.m., check us out on Facebook Live. Everything you need to know on the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe.